This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Amen. Christ is the head and the church is the body. We are seated with him. See, not just the head is seated, but the body is seated with Christ. This authority is conferred not only upon the head, but also upon the body because the head and the body are one. Your head and your body are one, aren't they? When you think of a person, you think of their head and body. You don't think of their head apart from their body, do you? And you don't think of their body apart from their head. You think of the whole person. If we as a church, as believers, can ever get the revelation of the fact that we are Christ, now that's people can take that and run off with it, make all kinds of whatever out of it they want to because they don't listen to what you say. I'll be perfectly honest with some of these people, I question their intelligence. (laughs) I don't care how many degrees they've got on the end of the name, I would say that they're either ignorant or dishonest and some of them, both of them. (laughs) Said now he thinks he's Christ. No, the body is Christ and I'm a member of that body. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. Now, if we as a church ever get this revelation of the fact that we are, we are, not I am, we are Christ, then we're going to rise up and do the works of Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. When we realize that the authority that belongs to Christ belongs to the individual member of the body of Christ and is available to us, then our lives will be revolutionized. Now then let's notice 1 Corinthians 12, chapter 12, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and all member and, and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body. Now he's using the human body as an illustration, isn't he? Of the body of Christ, isn't he? I said, isn't he? Yes. Now notice, for as the body is one and hath many members, just think about your human body now. It's one, but it hath many members. And all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So also is Christ. So also is Christ. So also is Christ. Amen. The church is called Christ. We are Christ. He's calling the body, which is the church, Christ. Now notice, further there in 1 Corinthians 12, that's the 12th verse. Now notice the 13th and 14th verses of the same opening. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Hallelujah. Now skip down that same opening, 12th chapter, 1 Corinthians, to the 27th verse. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Glory to God. Thank God 
We are the body of Christ. Now notice in 2 Corinthians, Paul continually taught the same truth, the same fact. Notice 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, 14th verse, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? What concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? The believer is called righteousness. The unbeliever is called unrighteousness. The believer is called light. The unbeliever is called darkness. The believer is called Christ. The unbeliever is called Belial. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You see, we are one with Christ. We are Christ. We are seated at the right hand of majesty on high. We are seated with him in heavenly places. All things have been put under our feet. Our trouble is, now listen to me carefully because you can misunderstand, misconstrue what I'm saying. One problem with is that we have too much cross religion preached. That's where folks have thought that we're supposed to stay. We used to sing a song, keep me near the cross. However, the cross is really a place of defeat. The resurrection is a place of triumph. Hallelujah. We must, of course, first go to the cross. But let's don't stop there. Let's don't stop at the cross. We've got too many cross Christians. And then they're cross with everybody. And everything that's good and right. Let's don't stop at the cross. Let's go on to Pentecost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some Pentecostal people have received the Holy Spirit. They backed up to the cross and have stayed there. But what we need to do is come by the cross, but don't stop that. Go on to Pentecost and don't stop there. Don't stop at Pentecost. Come on up and be seated. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The Holy Ghost is saying, now, now my people, give heed to my word. So you shall be delivered from the bondage of death and shall walk in the newness of life. Hallelujah. We're not at the cross. We died with him. Look again. Even when we were dead in trespasses and sins has quickened us together with Christ, by grace you saved, and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. We died with him. That's what water baptism's a type of. You're signifying when they buried you in the water that you died, but they don't leave you there in the water. Dead. 
You were brought up out of the water. Hallelujah. We died with him, but he has raised us up together. Notice that. Has raised, that's sixth verse of the second chapter of Ephesians. And has raised us up together. And has raised us up together. Hallelujah. And then made us sit together. And yet we hardly know anything about it. We haven't heard much about it. Where, where is he sitting? Where are we sitting? In heavenly places, it said, in Christ Jesus. Now looking at other scripture, we know that he's seated. Wherever he's seated, we're seated. Wherever the head is, that's where the body's seated. Amen. Amen. I mean, there you are sitting there on the chair. Whatever chair your head's on, your body's seated right there. Your head's not over here on this side, your body over on this side. You see, he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God in the center of the power of the whole universe. And we're seated there with him. Glory to God. It's the exercising of power of the throne that was committed, committed unto the ascended Lord. And that authority belongs to us. We know that Christ with his physical resurrected body is there in full possessions of his rights awaiting the Father's time when his enemies, all of them, shall be made his footstool. Notice Hebrews 1.13. But to which of the angels said he at any time, sit on my right hand. See, that's where we know where he's seated. And that's where we're seated. Until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The elevation of his people, for we are his people. With him to the heavenly has no other meaning in that we are made to share his authority. Glory to God. We are made to sit with him and share his throne. To share a throne means without question to partake of the authority which that throne represents. Thank God that's in his plan. And we've been elevated to this place that we may exercise to the extent of our spiritual comprehension authority over the powers of the air. Now some of us have exercised a little more authority than others because we had a little more spiritual comprehension than others. But God wants all of us. I said God wants all of us to have that spiritual comprehension. The Spirit prayed through Paul that all might have wisdom and understanding that we might have authority over the powers of the air and over the conditions with which these powers are still creating through their ceaseless manipulations of the minds of mankind. I want you to notice what he said here in this second verse of Ephesians. First verse, you hath he quickened, or you who were dead in trespass and sin, where in time past you walked 
according to the course of the world. Now notice, according to the prince of the air. But we're elevated above that. Glory to God. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. I remember uh, Dad Nelson, P.C. Nelson. He was a Baptist minister for 32 years. Then was healed and the doctor said he's gonna have to take off his limb. And then he's filled with the Holy Ghost, spoke to other tongues, became Pentecostal, full of gospel. March of 19, April of 1942, I was attending a convention and uh, he was there and spoke in the afternoon. In the fall of the year, October of that year, he went home to be with the Lord at age 74. That's the last time I ever heard him. He spoke on the subject of faith. And in the course of his message, he said this. He said in 19, well, before 1900, he said there in Chicago, I saw John Alexander Dowie and I think that's one thing then when the doctor will take off his limb, God began to remind him up. I saw John Alexander Dowie in the presence of several of we denominational preachers. He's a Baptist minister at the time. And several medical doctors. I saw him. The doctors had brought a woman who had a malignant growth on the side of her face. He said it had grown out there almost as big as another head and go back in her mouth. Blue, purplish looking mass. And what they treated with then was put something on that was poisonous and they couldn't put anything on that because it's inside their mouth. She'd get too much poison to kill her. If they'd treated otherwise, you know, your liver would absorb a certain amount of poison. But he said, I saw. Dr. Nelson said, I saw John Alexander Dowie reach out and take hold of that malignancy and say in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and strip that off of that woman's face. And he said those doctors there present immediately begin to examine. And they said there's brand new skin there. It's just like baby, like a newborn babe's skin all over the whole side of her face. Now, when talking about the ministry of John Alexander Dowie, uh, Brother Nelson said you couldn't follow Dowie's doctrine, but he said you can follow his faith. You see, he, he come to realize some of the authority that belonged to him. You see, a person, we need to realize this, can be wrong in their head and right in their heart. And reading since then after Dalby, I think he is wrong in his head about several things. But he was right in his heart. And one thing is he'd come to realize a certain amount of authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Brother Nelson said, don't tell me you can't follow the faith of a man like that. He said, don't follow his doctrine, but you can follow his faith. Well, now Dalby was born in Scotland. He is educated, graduated University of Edinburgh. Actually, he was a lawyer to begin with. And he moved down to Australia and later became a minister. He said that he crossed the ocean 14 times in his life. And many times. See, they, 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 they didn't have all the, you know, because we, we're talking about before 1900 when he crossed. They didn't have all the means of communication and navigation so all that we have today. And he said uh, that uh, every time that they crossed, many times they were troubled, you see, the sea was troubled by storms. Well, they had no way of knowing it was there, like we do today, that they could change the direction, perhaps, and move a different way. But he said uh, every time a storm came up, he just did what Jesus had done. 
He rebuked the storm and it would cease. Hallelujah. Amen. Now we shouldn't be amazed at that. Jesus said in John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do. Amen. He rebuked the storm and it ceased, didn't it? Amen. Well, now Jesus didn't say that only a select few would be able to do the works that he's doing. He spoke of those that believe on him. See, we have authority because we're Christians. This authority becomes available to us because we're seated with him. So Dalvey did the same thing that Jesus did when there was a storm. I remember when I was bedfast, and I took my bed in April 1933, and on New Year's Day, 405 North College Street, city of McKinney, Texas, and on New Year's Day, we moved. My grandfather owned several houses in different parts of town, and he decided that we'd move into one of his houses, so he asked the people to vacate, and they had vacated, and he had redone the inside of the house and painted it outside, and on New Year's Day was a holiday, but we moved on that day because he is off from work. Well, they waited till everything to move me because I'm bedfast. And they waited till uh, all of the uh, all the other furniture had gone, put up in different rooms and put a different bedroom suit in my, my bedroom. And uh, then before they came and got the last load of furniture because they were made several trips just there in town, Mr. Jimmy Dale had a moving company and he just had one of these bobtail trucks. He couldn't carry everything at once. And so they left my bedroom suit and the kitchen stuff till the last. But when just before they came for the last load, then Mr. Harris and Mr. McDonald from Harris Funeral Home came in the ambulance. And they lifted me over on the stretcher, rolled me out, and put me in the ambulance. And I'll not go into that. You heard the story. You know, he said to me, he said, uh, young man, they tell me you've been bedfast for uh, about a year. I said, well, really about nine months. And he said, well, you haven't been outside of the house. I said, no, sir. He said, well, we'll it's a New Year's Day, not much traffic. We'll just drive around a little bit if you want to through the residential section. I could at least turn my head and look out either side of the ambulance. And then he came, they came from the north going south down North Chestnut Street to the courthouse square. Little town, about 8,000, 500, 9,000 population. Courthouse set out in the middle of the square. Most all of the business there are around the square, a few businesses off about a block in on either way. And so we came there to the west side going south on North Kentucky to the west side of the square. I'm looking at the buildings there and right on the corner of the square was Gamble's Drug Store on the northeast corner, northwest corner. And then the next, next beside it was J.C. Penny Company. And next it was a little ladies Modo Day dress shop. And next to it was F.W. Woolworth. And next to it was Bone Shoe Store. And then on the corner, the southeast corner of the west side of the square, you see, or, or southwest corner, there was a, a ladies ready to wear called the leader. And then he turned this corner and started down the south side of the square. And on the corner was TPNL, Texas Power and Light Company, their main office where you went to pay your light bill. Next to it was Perkins Dry Goods Store. Then about that time, I turned my head and looked at the old courthouse sitting in the, the middle of the square, and there was a voice said to me, look at it, good boy. 
the last time you'll ever see it. You never thought you'd ever see it again because they said it's going to die, you see. Look at it good. This is the last time you'll ever see it. And you never would see it, wouldn't have seen it this time if it hadn't been for the kindness of Mr. Harris. And I didn't know what I knew now, know now. I didn't even know why I did it. But the Holy Ghost is leading you a lot of time when you don't even realize it. But I remember I clenched my fist so that my fingernails dug into my hands. And I said, yes, I will. I'll come in the flesh and stand on this courthouse square and see these buildings in the flesh. I didn't really realize I was prophesying. It came to pass. It came eight months later. Eight months later. Blessed be God. Second Saturday. The second Saturday of August 1934. I stood on that courthouse square with tears streaming down my face and said, Mr. Devil, I told you. I told you. Well, you see, without realizing that you, you, you got over into the edge of that authority. Without really... But Paul, how much more can you walk in it when you realize the, the full revelation? The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Amen? Amen? Now, what I started to say is though, we moved from 405 North Condor Street down to 903 East Greenville Street. My bedroom is right up front. My bedroom is on the southwest corner of the house. So in the spring then, when the storms began to come, the tornadoes began to come. Here in Texas and Oklahoma, you know, Oklahoma and Texas. And, and uh, usually they'll come right out of the southwest. And, and so one day here came the storm. I didn't know everything I know now. But you could hear it just like a freight train coming. And it looked like the wall was going to come in on top of me. And so I can't get up and get out of bed. I'm helpless. But I said to the Lord, Lord Jesus, when you was here on earth, you rebuked the storm and it ceased. You know I can't get up and get out of the way of it any more than out there in the middle of the ocean. Dowie could get up and get out of the way of it. And so I said, dear Lord, I'm your child. When the disciples were at sea and the storm came up, they awoke you, they rebuked the storm, and it left. Well, I know you don't want me to perish. I can't get out of here. This wall's about ready. I mean, it's just a vi it's just a blowing in now, the wall of the room. It's ready to blow right in on top of me. I rebuke this storm in the name of Jesus. When I said that, almost to my amazement, almost immediately the storm stopped. Hallelujah. I think at times maybe all of us have gotten in the edge of that without even knowing. I certainly didn't know what I know now. But we need to realize something about the authority that's ours and take advantage of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, notice Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. Let's go back there real quickly. Then we'll wind up for tonight. We'll pick right back up here tomorrow night because certainly you can't get through this in one night or even two nights. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against powers, against spiritual wickedness, in high places are, the margin said, against wicked spirits in the heavenlies. But remember now that we are seated far above. Amen. Amen. Even these wicked spirits in the heavenlies. Now the word of God teaches us that these evil spirits 
are rebel holders of authority and that they have been dethroned by the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus dethroned them and now we can reign over them. Now Satan became the God of this world by Adam's committing high treason and selling out to him. Satan's called by Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the God of this world. God made the earth, you know that, and the fullness thereof. He gave Adam dominion over all the work of his hands. So Satan didn't have dominion here on earth to begin with, did he? Adam had it. We must remember, however, that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. Hallelujah. He's not dominating us. He's not running everything down here on the earth. He's not dominating us. He, we can dominate him. We have authority over him. Now we need to build these truths into our lives. How are you going to do it? By constantly feeding along this line and meditating on it. You know, naturally speaking, we eat certain foods. Some of them we eat the same thing every day. Doctors tell us our systems need certain vitamins and minerals and protein daily to build strong body. So we'll eat the same kind of food, same food very often, even fix the same way. Sometime over and over and over again. Continue to do so. Well, there are spiritual vitamins that we need every day too in order to be healthy Christians. Now let's go back to Matthew 28, 18 in conclusion. All power or authority is given unto me, Jesus said, in heaven and in earth. Now we prayed very often, now Lord, you do this and you do that. But the authority on the earth is conferred upon us. All the authority that can be exercised upon the earth has to be exercised through the church. Because the physical Christ is not here, but Christ, the church, is here. The body of Christ. He's at the right hand of the Father, literally. But we, the body of Christ, are here. All of his orders must be carried out through his body. Your head cannot do one thing except through your body. This authority has been delegated to us. We need to realize the head has already delegated that authority to us. Now see, a lot of problems exist because we permit them to. We're not doing anything about them. Amen. We're not doing anything about them. I said we're not doing anything about them. Amen. Amen. Remember what Jesus said? Matthew 18, 18. What things ever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What things ever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Notice heaven doesn't do anything until something's done here on earth. Amen. I remember many years ago, I was studying something along this line. It became so real to me. Lying across my bed one afternoon. I couldn't explain it with my natural mind to save my life, but I knew it in my heart. 
I began to see the authority that we had. I, I could hear the Lord challenging me. I could hear him saying, you do something about it. I remember for many years, I'd been praying for my oldest brother to be saved. I'd fasted and prayed. He was sort of the black sheep of the family. In spite of my prayers, it seemed that he got worse instead of better. I'd always prayed, God, save him. But I heard the Lord challenging me to do something about it. He was telling me that I had the authority. So I rose up off of that bed with my Bible in one hand, lifted up the other hand to heaven, said, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of the devil over my brother's life. And I claim his salvation. You see, I'd given the order. Now you remember Romans 5, 17? If you don't remember, just turn there real quick and read it. Turn there real quick. Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned, not talking about physical death, talking about spiritual death, reigned by one, much the more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Another translation shall, shall, shall reign as kings in life by one, Jesus Christ. I'd given the order. You see, when a king gives an order, he knows that it's going to be carried out because he's in authority. The devil tried to tell me that my brother would not be saved. I remember I, uh, I went my way and I uh, went on to another meeting teaching in the morning time at 10 o'clock in the afternoon I lay down to rest a little bit woke up, was thirsty got up, left my bedroom, went across the living room into the kitchen, got me a glass of water just as I stepped back in the living room just like, as a, just like somebody right there with me said, oh come on now you, you don't think old dub will ever be saved, do you? I just stopped right there dead in my tracks and from the inside of me Way down in here, something. My spirit began to laugh. And it just bubbled up till it come out my mouth. And I said, no, Mr. Devil, I, I don't think that. I never have thought I know it. Because you see, I've taken the name of Jesus and broke your power over him. Amen. Same thing happened two days later on the same spot. I said the same thing to him. The next Sunday he was saved. Now, he didn't always walk in the light of it, but thank God we've got him walking better now. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Amen. Now, here, here's something that we need to see. A lot of time people endeavor to use the authority that belonged to them, but when circumstances don't change immediately, they become dis disturbed and sometimes discouraged and slip back into the natural. They start talking unbelief and then they defeat themselves. They give unconsciously, they give the devil dominion over them. Well, I didn't see anything change at the moment. Are you listening to me? I didn't see anything change at the moment. But I knew I'd spoken, praise God, with the authority that belonged to me. And it didn't disturb me or bother me the least bit in the world. And that time came to pass in about 10 days. Now, it doesn't always come to pass that fast. I remember the first person that uh, my wife and I were pastor of a little church in North Texas. And 
a lady brought her sister who was an inmate of state institution. The doctor said her mind will never be right. As we prayed, the Spirit of God said, go stand in front of her and say, come out thine unclean spirit in the name of Jesus. And I did. Well, you say anything happened? Not that you could tell. I mean, she looked just as crazy as she did. <laughs> See, people forget we walk by faith and not by sight. I knew I'd spoken. I knew I'd stood in the place of authority. I knew I'd spoken the word of faith. Her sister bundled up and took her home that Saturday afternoon. Now the third day, Monday, Monday afternoon, a lady of our church that had come with her, because this woman wasn't a member of our church, they lived 15 miles away, she came rushing back over to our pastors, our town and our pastors, said, oh, Brother Hagin, Brother Hagin, pray, pray. I said, what about? <coughs> well, this lady is having a spell like she did when she first lost her mind. I said, what of it? Did you ever read in the Bible when Jesus rebuked the spirit and commanded him to go? That sometime before he left, he'd throw people down and tear them? I said, the, the command of faith was spoken Saturday afternoon. He knows he's got to go. He's just tearing her before he goes. When, when that's over, well, she'll be fine. And the lady of our church said, well, that's exactly what her sister said. Sure enough, that's exactly what happened. I talked to her, my wife and I talked to her sister 19 years later. And her mind was still fine, working in the place of business, teaching Sunday school class in the church. Praise God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. Those folks are not exercising authority that's acting out here in this realm of so-called deliverance, praying with people for hours and hours and hours and getting the devil to talk to him. What do you want him to talk to him for? He's a liar anyway. Amen. Who wants to hold a conversation with a liar? Amen. No, just go ahead and speak the word. Amen. Go ahead and exercise the authority. Amen. And then they want some kind of a manifestation. If they don't have any kind of manifestation, they don't think the devil's gone. We didn't see any manifestation at the moment. My wife and I were holding a meeting in Pennsylvania several years ago, suburbs of Pittsburgh. A lady came to us, said, would you all minister to me? Now we noticed that she's holding a clinic to her mouth. So we went into a back room and she constantly, there's a white foam running out of her mouth. She had used a box of Kleenex just in a little while. Just, just, just constantly. There's a white foam running out of her mouth. She said to my wife and I, I went to one of those deliverance meetings and they said, you've got a devil. And they purported to cast it out of me. And when they did, they told me to start coughing or something. They said, I began to try to. And said, this foam started running out of my mouth. And then they couldn't do anything about it. And it's been doing that now for weeks and days and two or three months. Can you help me? I said, I sure can. Well, I'd sure appreciate it if you can. Miss Kuhlman was still alive then, the lady singing in her choir there in Pittsburgh. So my wife and I just very calmly, I just very calmly said, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, I command you to leave this woman and manifest yourself no more. In Christ's name, amen. amen. Now immediately we had to manifest. You say, what kind of matter? What'd she do? Cough or vomit or jump? No, just sit there very calmly. Just stop the foam. Stop running out of her mouth. She's back in the meeting again before the meeting was over. Never had another symptom. I said to her, don't go around any of those so-called deliverance meetings. You'll get a devil because with them, everything's a devil. Everything's a devil. Everything's a devil. That's where she got it. She picked it up there. You need to learn to have enough sense to stay away from some places. Don't shout me down now because I'm preaching real good. Say amen if you can. If you can't, say oh me because it's still so anyway. Amen. Yeah. I said amen. Yeah. 
Well, there's no use of us giving the devil dominion over because he take, can't take it unless I let him anyway or unless you let him. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. Thank God authority belongs to us. Yes. I said authority belongs to us. Yes. We're seated. Stand up, everybody. Say it out loud. We are seated. We are seated. I am seated. I am seated. With, Christ with Christ in heavenly places. In heavenly places. At the right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the Father. The place of authority. The place of authority. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have been raised up. I have been raised up. Together. Together. With him. And he hath made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ. His authority is my authority. His name belongs to me in the mind of God and in the mind of Christ. We were raised when Christ was raised. When Christ sat down, we sat down too. That's where we are now. Hallelujah. The act of sitting indicates that for the time being, certain aspects of his work are in abeyance. But now we're sitting with him. With all the authority given unto him. That authority belongs to us. That authority is mine. We exercise the authority that was given to him. Because it belongs to us through him. We help him. By carrying out his work upon the earth. Not only have we been made to sit, but we are sitting far above all principality and power and might and dominion. Hallelujah. Not only is Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all these powers, but we're there too. For it reads, He hath made us, not going to make us, hath made us. In modern usage, has made us to sit together. Hallelujah. 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 That's where you are now. Take your place. Lift your hands and thank Him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just pray together. Father God, we thank you. God will praise your name. I want to just lift up your hands.
and thank him for the authority he has given us in Christ. I, I want you to just lift up your hands and just thank him. Because the authority is here with us. We have the authority, the same authority that Christ has, who is the head of the church. The same authority the body has. Father, we praise you. We praise you. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you, Father God, because we have authority in Christ. We give you praise, Father. We give you praise. What manner of privilege, what manner of love that you have given us the same authority that is with Christ, that same authority that is with the head, is with the body. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Glory to your name, Father. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.